This episode of WDW Today is brought to you by Travel Mation. And if you are planning your trip to Walt Disney World and you're looking to stay on property, they are the perfect place to go. They will assist you in all your travel planning needs. That is at travelmation.com slash WDW Today. Again, travelmation.com slash WDW Today. Connect with one of their amazing agents right now. And now, on with the show. Bringing the world to your world. This is WDW Today. It's Wednesday. I'm not sure what day, but I know it's episode 1664 of WDW Today. What day is it, Terry? 23rd? 24th. 24th. That's right. We're going to a concert tonight. Darn right we are. But tonight, tomorrow. We're to- recording this yeah. tomorrow. Both. But when you're listening to this tonight, or if you're listening to this a week from now. If you're listening. Whoa. Oh, nice. That's the hint. That yeah. was, These are where we're going. That was sweetness. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> even better. Yeah. Even better. I love that I'm in the middle of you guys. Oh, we're reliving <laughs> our, our youth. All right. You almost I bleed, bleed, bleed. If you don't, don't. Yeah. All right. Moving on. Today is a special day because Will Haynes is taking a break today. He's got a lot of work to do. And subbing in for uh, for Will Haynes, Mr. McNair Wilson joining us, former uh, Disney Magicneer. You've heard of me here before. He's the king of the thing. It's like it's, oh. it's Will Haynes with I'm the, the face queen of the thing. Yeah. It's, the, it's the king. It's the face He's the king. Will Haynes. the queen of the thing. I don't know. Who's Which I, one? I don't know. Two kings. Both it's royalty. Different. Two princesses. Yep. It's a right. spin doctor. Different band. <laughs> different yeah, different band. <laughs> we take turns wearing the tiaras. So. That's good. Uh, we have some special stuff going on today. I did want to quickly tell you if you are listening live and watching live on our Facebook uh, page at WWT or our Facebook group, which was even more fun. WTW Today, WTW, WDW Today listener group. Uh, you can find out right now, live, just breaking news, is the annual passholder preview. Dates have been revealed for Galaxy's Edge, and that's going to happen between August 17th and August 21st. Uh, not a whole lot of information other than your basic stuff. You're going to be given a time. And invitations will be soon, sent out soon via email. So if you're an annual passholder, keep an eye out for that. A, a much shorter window, right? From the Disneyland had because Disneyland had what weeks. felt like a Three month weeks? probably build up. This is only about a week of uh, pass holder preview. And they had no pass holder previews. In fact, yeah. pass holders were, bl- were blocked. blocked. Yeah. Some still are. Yeah. So uh, it yeah. says advanced registration is required. Uh, it's going to be for Platinum, Platinum Plus, and Premier pass holders, and reservations are limited as you'd expect. Uh, it says if a pass holder would like to register a guest, uh, that guest must be also a pass holder. So uh, no, no, no free friends. So bring a friend, but make sure you've also got a friend that yeah. has a. Uh, Which is fine. There's plenty of those, and same thing. What if someone like just can't... bought like the platinum and like got the other one, the gold, just so that like they you'd could... have to upgrade if you wanted it. Yeah, you'd have to. What if that was the whole? Yeah. yeah. Anyway, I mean, yeah. honestly, the whole thing opens a week later, so you're talking about a week preview before the park opens at the end of August. No, I guess your guest could be just a regular pass holder. So that would still no, work. Well, does it, does it, say? it doesn't say necessarily on here in the fine print. It doesn't say that they have to be a platinum platinum plus. Well, maybe that's a, maybe that's a something there. Maybe Same a, thing. You could buy a lightsaber. Found a loophole, Grease. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> imagine that. Grease finding his way around, following the rules. Yeah, I do that. <laughs> but if Rascal. you don't make it to annual pass holder preview, the park again opens what the 29th, 30th, something like that. It opens to the general public, so you're not that far behind. Um, and same thing, it'll be open to. Uh, just right now, Smuggler's Run, but we also saw that Disney World is getting Rise of Resistance first. First. So when is that? Like in November, I believe? When is that? First week of December. First week of December. First we December can find those actual dates. That'd be LA good. In, in January. In January, which was interesting because when we were there, the three of us were there, uh, it was felt like it was primed and ready. They had cast members at the front being like, no, it's not open, but guess what? You could hear the noises happening and there was all sound effects happening. They were presumably very ready to go. Mm. Uh, but I guess the staggering probably worked the other way, so why not try it? Well, from what well? we know, the scope of the ride, they have to be running them both by now. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's what I think. Like this has the, the planning of releasing them or of, of opening them has got to be so. Okay, let's get one promotional 
moment to get another promotional moment. Don't overlap them in Christmas at Disneyland. Just due to the size, always feels a lot more intense because yeah. uh, you can't squeeze that many people in there. So and maybe so, that's something like that. They could have been running it for who knows how long. Whereas when we open Splash, I mean, it's right there. They can see the logs falling. Right, you know if it's happening. It happened and, with. Uh, it felt like the Universal just did the Jurassic World ride, the redo, and that was a. Uh, sorry, I don't know what happened there. Something happened in our Facebook group. Some. Uh, Maybe there. This is the part where things go wrong in a ride. Uh, <laughs> um, and this is, this is our tribute to Universal Studios. People were going up. Yeah, people were going up to that ride, seeing the boats running and hearing the end spiel happening. They're like, "Well, it's got to be opening soon." And then a couple of days later, it, you must it, it know. Up. You must know the splash thing. They were running the logs with sandbags, and Eisner was there with one of his sons and wanted to ride it. And they said, "We haven't. Even, we just started with sandbags. So we, no, we can't. No." And he went and grabbed some parkers and put on. They go down and they had somehow misdesigned and not tested the front of the log. It was a wedge. It hit the water, went straight into Eisner's face. They had to take all those logs, rip the shreds out of them, and build brand new designed That's logs. That's wild. And when you see the picture, you're like, how did he survive? How did he live through this? Oh, it's, like, it's that intense. Like it shouldn't have opened. Like it wasn't yeah. open. That, no, it wasn't. No, they were just open. starting to run the logs. And they, yeah. I think they'd been running, running sandbags, you know, for the weight test yeah. just a day or two. Yeah. But I had logs, log flumes long enough, guys. Come on now. It's, uh, <laughs> it's not like that's a new. Well, some of those ones that they run, those shoot rides that you still see at some uh, old theme parks have been running for like 100 years. And you get mm -hmm. on them, you're like, well, I hope this is, I, I hope I live. It just goes, takes you up and it just drops you. You ever seen one of those, Matt Lott? Mm -hmm. Do you ever talk about the shoot rides? That, like you get on them like an elevator. Almost. Yeah. It takes you up and you just go plummet down. Maybe I've not ridden one of those. I think it's an it's like an elevator type system. Yeah, no, it is. goes it, in, it, it lifts is. you up, and then you just, that's the whole ride. Just wow. one, whoosh, just one of my like five, slide. Huh. one of my five or ten favorite ever off the hand quotes while at Imagineering was Bruce Gordon, who does who was head of Splash Mountain. People say a log ride, you gonna do a log ride? Log rides are dumb. He said, no, dumb log rides are dumb. Yeah, mm. and so when they finally finished, you're all like. This is not a dumb log ride. Right. I love every log ride. Yes. Yeah, I mean, no, but you're kind you of a dumb. log ride fan. <laughs> yeah. You kind of look like you live in a log ride. Yeah. <laughs> you like the one at Knott's? Of course, they just redid it major. Yeah, I don't think you've been, been there. last week's episode. I mean, none of us have ever been, been, been to Knott's. I don't think I've been there. Uh, Six Flags Over Georgia. They, they got a log ride yeah. there. Yeah. A, Your uh, uncle had The Mall of America has a log ride. That's right now Stranger Things themed. Ooh. I think we did talked we about that? that. We did do that. It's just got that one drop there at the end, Yeah, it's right? got a couple little dips, and then you go into a weird room with a giant Paul Bunyan yeah. and a giant babe, the blue ox. And right now, that's Hopper from Stranger Things. They changed the big giant Paul Bunyan to be Hopper. That's funny. And then you go through like the room in the first season with the lights, and uh, that's the entire overlay. It's it's fun to watch is on the, YouTube. Is the It used to be, I guess, Yoshi's whatever when we did it. What was that? Sure. It was the twist and turning the like wild mouse roller coaster. Like it was, the one I, it's been going through several different names. Yeah, I think it's fairly odd parents now. Is really? it still Nickelodeon? I don't know if it's Nickelodeon. When we that went, was a fun ride. When we went, it was something else. We did that like three or four times. Yeah. I forget what 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 was and the that was over a great theme? picture. Was it Snoopy? Was it a Snoopy themed? Well, it was Snoopy. Camp Snoopy for a while. It was Camp Snoopy. Then it was something else, and then it was Nickelodeon. I don't know. It's been so a long time. This was very early on. Like I had known Logan, what? A couple a days. week? Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> so this was like thirty four years ago. And so like and we would all hang out and like it, we were in environments that was stressful. And then we go to this Mall of America and Logan's super chill and we go on this roller coaster ride or whatever and spin you around and takes our picture. And I remember seeing Logan's face of just pure joy. And I was like, <laughs> oh, I love it. Oh, I like this Logan right here. Like, because I didn't really you know. I like the one who's not mean, who uh, is just happy to be. Yeah, it's I mean, a fairly it's, odd coaster. Outside of that day, it was we were it was stressful, but yeah, yeah. So Nickelodeon Universe still that there. was a fun moment. Uh, and we tried on tons of jeans and got free tickets, tickets to see Clerks too. Yeah. Nice. It was an odd, it was Which an odd we promotion. watched three times. <laughs> what? In theaters. Well, the promotion Smoochie was, I don't know, this is, we're going off the rails, way what off the rails. Was Sorry. Will's not here. <laughs> Sorry. So, so you when, can't blame Will. No, when and there was a promotion, we're talking about a 13-year-old promotion that we're still talking about. <laughs> yeah. Where if you this just tried on jeans at the Gap. American Eagle. Or American Eagle. That's right, it was American yep. Eagle. 
you would get two movie tickets, I think, or just one. I mean, you just one. A free AMC movie ticket, and there was one in that mall, and there were two or three. There were American yeah, Eagles. There were at least <laughs> two. Nice. I yeah. think we went to one before in a different place, yeah, but like a weird outdoor there, mall. and that's why we got two each. So yeah. we literally we got free movie tickets for three nights, and then went to the <laughs> other store, tried on jeans there, got another free movie ticket. We always tried on a lot of jeans. Yeah, and I, I those were the days when. <laughs> We got very excited. Like, right, $10. Couldn't afford movie tickets. Know, yeah. <laughs> now you go to 4DX, it's $35. And I'm like, well, I'd do it again. <laughs> <laughs> I took my kids to dig up Donnie in the other day. <laughs> a five-year-old to two-year-old, we're sitting in reclining seats, and we get out of that thing, movie and food for like $175. <laughs> I said, I can't do this yeah. ever oh, again. Yeah. I'm not. Yeah, for, for Riker and I to do 4DX, minus any sort of concessions, which were, had to be at least another 30 bucks, was, it was like 60 bucks plus. With, yeah. With so for you, so for you, like, it was a hundred uh, bucks. It's a hundred dollar movie. Comfort suites. And then, you know, <laughs> okay. you might have a better experience more than a night at the Comfort back Suites. In the house you're well, going to yeah. pay a babysitter for. That's what Comfort Suites you're staying at. I yeah. think we talked about the 40X already, right? We talked about that last week on the show. We, mm, if you I don't, don't know. I was out of pocket. Did we talk about it? I can't remember. I think so. If we didn't tell us, uh, for those watching live, I'm not telling you, the listener on the podcast, the thousands of you that listen on the podcast, not the 27 watching live right now, but if we didn't talk about it, if you have a 4DX theater in your town, go, absolutely go. You'll love it. Right now, they're playing The Lion King, which I believe, Matt, are you the only one who's seen it? Yep. Terry, you haven't seen it? Rob's seen it. I haven't it. seen it yet. Rob. Going this weekend. In the, in the producer Rob in there? My little brother's coming. He's making me go to see it. Did y'all see that artist renderings of the yeah. like this is what it could have been with like if the it cartoon, like cartoon eyes <laughs> and like emotion or what oh my gosh that artist is amazing I, oh. what's wrong okay yeah. no, so, okay. I, oh, None, I don't like commenting on movies I've never seen right I feel very very passionate about them I haven't seen it I can't tell you if it's good or bad and I don't really follow review trends anyway mm. but this one doesn't but. have the pull that I had to go see it so I haven't gone to see it like day one uh, where I did a lot of the other ones um, but you've seen it, Matt. I so, have. and I believe you. Your opinion may be okay. So, pretty I, good. It's it's not my favorite Disney remake. It's not my, but my favorite is still this weird place between Cinderella and the Jungle Book. Hmm. Um, I thought Cinderella was. What does really, that? What really does a good. weird place between those I look can't, like? I don't know which one of those is is my it's, favorite because it's I like a boa both constrictor and a frilly gown. Yes. <laughs> Bibbity boppity boo. <laughs> um. The Lion King. Sounds like a though, this is what I don't understand because we've I've I have friends that have like one friend called it uh, beautiful garbage and you know who you are because you're a friend of all of ours. Yes. And I've had other people just going off on it, you know. And if you like the original Lion King, how can you not like this new movie because they are so similar, so similar. But it's not a shot for shot. It almost is. is there. Yes. The intro is shot for shot exactly has to be um the music is great the the emotional punches are still there like the stampede boom it hits you what i i, I saw the the picture of the Don't cartoon renderings yeah. you know at that point watch the cartoon that's what i say just watch the cartoon if you want the animals to emote like watch the cartoon because if they're going for realism in this yeah. movie like what did you what did you want did you you know, this is a realistic take. I heard on someone complaining about the thing. On he said, looking yeah. like sickly, and I'm like, he, he's a warthog. He looks like a real. They're warthog. named after a wart, you know, like <laughs> or a hog. Yeah, um, and so yeah, I've I've heard the soundtrack. Yeah, it's and been listening to the soundtrack. Strangely, the thing I like the least is the new Elton John song. Um, there yeah. is a new. I know there was At a new song. It, yeah, the, the uh, I, I don't hate song. the new Beyonce song. The only the only thing I really was like. You've got to be kidding me. We should be riding in the streets is the be prepared. Like okay, that number. But here, okay. let's stop. There's two things. There are two things that keep coming up. And people keep, in our chat are asking about this. Yes. Apparently, no, they did not take out be prepared. It's in there. I have another friend that said it, it's not in the movie. It's in the movie, is it not, Rob? Like, it's in the is movie. Is it more subtly jungle booky in the movie than maybe it's not a big musical number? Sort of. But it's it's okay. Rob you know says how it's um, almost fourteen inches long. <laughs> <laughs> you know how Blue kind of saying he, he kind of saying it's more than that. Yeah, like, he only kind of saying it. And I, I would no, say that this, it's in there. This is like is it more like the Christopher Walken weird? 
Not uh, even that. It it ramps up. There's definitely a ramp up. He starts speaking, but it ramps up into music. The lion is singing. The hyenas are singing. It's a full musical number. So my, I, when I read is it just that not it's not on the soundtrack, I guess is that why it's on the soundtrack. When you just I read said that it wasn't on there. The, I'm saying it's on the soundtrack, but it's not. It's two minutes long, and it's he talks through a good bit of it. Okay. It's he was probably the never my voice favorite, actor. Never my favorite song. Well, what's movie, interesting so. to me, not not having seen it, mm-hmm. is when I was at Imagineering, since everything we did had a story, yeah. we called it a mythology, is the guys from animation, before they built the big, beautiful building, were right across the street from us in the, you know, this, this kind of 1960s industrial park, and they would bring over storyboards of what they were working on. Mm-hmm. And for Lion King, they had only cast James Earl Jones, and they were starting. And Katzenberg was there, and he said... You know, we've cast James Earl Jones. We said, great. He said, and we asked him, should the other actors be Africans? Mm -hmm. He said, for what? He said, well, don't you think they should be Mm African-Americans? He said, why? Well, it takes place in Africa. And I can only hear in my head James Earl Jones saying, they're animals. (laughs) Yeah, but shouldn't we do it? They're animals. Yeah. Well, well, okay, because we were thinking for Scar, maybe, you know, Jeremy Irons. Well, of course it should be Jeremy Irons. So that relieved yeah. them of the pressure of having to go that direction. Whereas this one, mm-hmm. they clearly have done casting of this time. I'm, I don't, I, I grew up in a racially mixed home, so I don't care for one way or another. Right. I say cast the best people. I don't know if they have or haven't. I haven't seen the movie yet. but I think everybody that's in the movie did a great job. The one thing that Rob and I talked about, Timon and Pumbaa, those, their dynamic in the movie is... The biggest departure from the original, which was, and it's good. It's oh, a departure good. in a good way. Terry and I were talking at lunch about how that one of the things in the first movie is you got some great people, all of whom were virtually at the top of their game. Yeah, yeah, that is true. If you look I at mean, that Nathan cast Lane, list, yeah, but you Nathan can make Lane, an, Matthew Broderick, you, you can make an argument for all the people in this even, movie. Even are Jonathan currently, Taylor Thomas, even Jonathan Taylor Thomas, I mean, huge sure. stars at huge, the time, yeah. and this time you have huge stars. They're all huge right now. Hey. They're all at the top of their Simba game. Simba is is Lando Calrissian, Donald Glover, Donald Glover, yeah, even actor whose names you can't pronounce. Can you even be more top of the game than Beyonce? I don't know if you can. How did they not bring back Whoopi though? I don't know. Who are the... Oh, that's interesting. There's a different dynamic between Scar and the hyenas. There is a slightly different dynamic, but it, it doesn't hurt the movie. Who are the hyenas? Who played the hyenas? Um, Eric think, Andre? Is it Key and No. No. I don't know who it was. Let's just look it up. Look at <laughs> yeah, I guess I'm so. going. Hyenas, yeah, yeah. Hyenas.com. For the record, Grease <laughs> is actually fact-checking Hyena before he speaks, so... Yeah, this so, is a momentous occasion. No, I definitely spoke with. Oh, I'm thinking. Uh, I'm thinking of Toy Story Four right now. I got. I've I've seen both of them weekend to weekend. So yeah. I'm, was I'm there hyenas in Toy Story Four? No. No, but Key and Peele were in. There is a Slinky in Lion King. <laughs> oh, yes. But but the thing is, I, like I, I, I don't I know. Names. I guess people there's like this faux outrage on the internet right now, <laughs> and I don't names. get it. That's kind of like I don't understand what people expected. Go see the Lion King. It's the Lion King. Yeah, I will see it. I just haven't had the time yet. And the next movie I plan to see is the Muppet movie, which is the 40th oh, anniversary, yeah, which is going to be in theaters on thing. Yeah. Thursday. So I think that will probably be the next thing I see in the theater. And then I'll get to The Lion King. Uh, so I want to take the kids to see the original Muppet movie because I don't think they've ever seen it. And I, then they've announced for 2023, The Muppets Do Lion King. Yes. Oh, I watched that. <laughs> I watched nice. it. Just, I, I mean, it feels like, honestly, the last couple of Muppet movies, they were starting to go that way. When it was like the Muppet Wizard of Oz, which I watched part of this week, it's like, okay, what's happening here? Yeah. The last few Muppet movies. But uh, it is the Muppet movie, original Muppet movie's 40th anniversary, and it'll be in theaters this week. And my kids, I'm, I'm curious to see how, how they'll take it in. Because they love the Muppets. They love the characters. They like the more current uh, movie, the Jason Siegel movie. But I was talking with Rob here, one of our friends here. He's a big Muppet, Muppet head. Is that something? Is that what the people call him? How big, Rob? How do you call, uh, what do you call Muppet fans? Do they have a name? Like felt? Muppet heads. Felters? Felters. Muppet heads is good. Uh, but, th- th- but that movie is so interestingly paced. It has this sort of slow. Hansonites. Yeah, but I, I love, Hansonites is good. That's good. <laughs> They were there. I think they were in Leviticus and Numbers. The Hansonites. <laughs> yeah, they were dead. They're in those forgetting those arms. those books of the Bible. You're like, I don't even. I didn't even know that was a thing. Hansonites. <laughs> Hansonite one and two. Hansonite one and three is a great verse. Yeah. Have we still not found the voices of the of the hyenas? <laughs> it's Eric Andre. Right? That's Florence Kasumba. Okay, so actually, 
Jay Lee was another high. He is one of them. I thought so. Yeah. I thought so. I, they originally were going to do all the Cosby kids, but two of them are in jail. And uh, <laughs> oh, Lord, Pity, Pity Gerald is one of them. Keegan, or Keegan, Pe- or Keegan Peel. Keegan Michael Key and Eric Andre. Uh, okay. Who Eric Andre is hilarious. So yeah. I think he'd be, he was probably excellent. But it is LL very... Cool J was busy doing, you know, something. And something that's really interesting about the movie, too, is they establish a little bit. They're, they allude to some background between, like, Scar, Mufasa, and Sarabi that is not, it's new. And they like kind of, and it triangle. makes you think, you're like, wait, what? Not <laughs> even that. Like, But they still don't credit William Shakespeare for the source material. <laughs> right. What? Does it not say that? Does it, it not say based? It's Hamlet. Does it yeah. not say based on Hamlet? I don't know. I know it does credit, the one of the first credits that rolls is a big thank you to the original animators of the original Lion King, and, which I thought was really, I, I thought that was I don't cool. know what she did, but she's in the credits. Julie Tamer is credited with some sort of consulting on yeah. this one. She directed the Broadway okay. production, which is wonderful. As good as it gets. Yeah. Uh, so I'm not sure. But I would say. just say, like, every, I looked down the row at our at our theater, when we, and there were families, all of them wearing Lion King t-shirts, and it was a huge family event. So I don't think this is one, like, I think this is a fun way, get out there on a Saturday or Sunday and take your family and go see the Lion well, King. Well, I will take Riker, who's probably watching, hello. Uh, I will, <laughs> I'll take him. Yeah. Maybe this weekend to see the Lion King, if he wants to. Uh, maybe in 4DX where they're going to blow oh, yeah. dust, I assume. There is a part with a dung You started beetle, to explain so 4DX and then just said, do it. Well, I think I think it, I think it. did it last week. 4DX oh, okay. is a... Uh, yeah, we talked about it last week. Yeah, it's a type of theater Spider-Man. where you sit in a row, almost like a simulator. Right. And you lift up and it moves in, in sequence with the movie. There's also smells. There's water effects, smoke effects. Wind and light effects that happen in the theater. It was we went for went for Spider Man Far From Home and it was excellent. Mm. So now Lion King, I get it for a high, big action movie. I'm not sure if I know if I'd get it for the Lion King. I feel like you'd just be kind of floating because there are those soaring moments throughout it where you're just yeah. kind of like, like even in Spider Man they did that where it's just a B roll shot of the bus and for some reason we're going like this and you're like okay this is unnecessary, <laughs> unnecessary. And, maybe not the right theater uh, for my left foot. And just can't it wait to be the king. Most, I will say that. It's I not see the most comfortable of seat. Really? You're in a theme park simulator seat. Oh. So by two hours in, you're a bit like, Ooh. okay, like oh, I can get out of here. Like who's, it's good. What? Who, who's doing it? Who's doing 48? Uh, Regal has most of them. Okay. But I think the one in, there's one in Orlando. There's about I think there's about a dozen. We just got one. Uh, okay, so Lord of the Rings 40x. Well, people went to Endgame no. and said it was good, but they said it was tough. That by the end you were. I could see because there's a lot of Avengers. Had, yeah, especially that last battle. No, that'd about, be amazing. Yeah. I'm sure lower, you probably lower right and it hip moves you. Flying, like I know we talked about it again. Flying, it moves flying, you. Not, flying. It is not lightly moving you. I was. Fully getting flung around. You're like jostling. This. Yes. You're being and jostled. And stuff is shooting by your head. My friend saw John Wick and said it was a very violent experience in, in 4D. Uh, but yeah. Well, that's because Keanu Reeves was in the movie. I know. And then I believe the next one's Hobbs and Shaw coming to 4DX. But one of the things we're also celebrating, Terry, to get onto Walt Disney World, is Terry brought up a, a special anniversary that's happening right now. Yeah, yesterday. It's your was anniversary, the... Terry. No, um, no it, was the, it was the 25th anniversary of uh, Tower of Ter- Twilight Zone, the Tower of Terror at Hollywood Studios. All right. So I thought, you know, hey. So you flew in McNair for this. Yeah, you I flew said, in McNair just for the occasion. No, McNair and I were just at a conference. We were in Houston, Texas. I don't know. I had to wear my uh, bellboy hat. Huh? Yeah, there you go. Oh. You're not keeping track of the. Well, you didn't bring it on this trip. I did not bring it. I very often have it with me. Yeah. We were in Houston speaking at a conference. Uh, shout out to our friend Roberto Caligandra. And Caligandra great, and great week. Great weekend. And um, I looked at the calendar and went, wow, it's the. Tower of Terror, and you know, if no, no secret here, we often are figuring out what we should talk about in the day or two or hours before the show, and thought, you know, let's let's talk. We got McNair here. Let's talk Tower of Terror and talk about that. Um, maybe some stories he's told, and we had a pretty fun experience at the thing this last year, going and getting kind of a backstage uh, behind the scenes tour there. And- well, that's something interesting for you, McNair. I'm just curious, how do you feel like the attraction has aged? Like, do you feel like 25 years you go through it now and you're like, oh, this tech needs upgrading? Or do you feel like, oh, this still works as well as it did day one? Have I, they maintained it well enough? Which, yeah. You know, that's I'm just curious. No, I, think it's, I think it's maintained. I always worry about the human side. Uh, you know, you'll, you'll have some show ride operators who will, as the door is closing, oh, and one more yep. thing, you know, uh-huh. or they'll say, you know, or maintain the dour attitude. 
um, my ongoing problem is what's not there now that wasn't there opening day that I'd hoped being the background in street theater and the guy that invented the word and the program streetmosphere, the Hollywood Boulevard characters is I had always planned that there would be live actors in the lobby and the grounds so that you might come through and, you know, there's a, there's a stanchion and a rope, but there's a guy sitting reading the paper. And next time you come through, it's a real guy. And he says, have you read this? Or a guy working his way through the line or with right. luggage or another guy with a plate saying uh, a message for Mr. You know, and if they could figure out your name because of fast pass or something, they'd call your name and right. there'd be a message and the message would be go to the front of the line and those kind of things that have some live elements. And I still see that and think, Oh, and when we did this behind the scenes tour with these two cast out, outstanding cast members. Um, and I told them that, and they're just, I mean, imagine there's always a guy coming up from behind the, front desk and the next time he comes up he goes wow checking in boom and it's a real guy you know? yeah and so it's missing doing those is, elements it's so easy you would be as you would be more upset than i am yeah. that they're not doing it. so that's so it's and anything i've worked on it's the stuff that's not there that we had to cut that we had to make smaller slower well yeah because i guess story-wise are you in an abandoned hotel i guess maybe not i don't really know so that's where i feel like you're right right that i that that live interaction does feel like something that would be relatively inexpensive. Well, the idea would be this yeah. to, to interrupt. Yeah. Um, you're in an abandoned haunted hotel, yeah. but then in the same way that the whole thing started with a bolt of lightning, yeah. you'd be in line and there would be a bolt of lightning yeah. and the lighting in the lobby would change. And suddenly it's full of live performers. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that would happen for 20 minutes every hour. So if you're in line for X amount of time and we tested this at, 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 at Disneyland, I did an undertaker, on a day when the Haunted Mansion was 90 minutes. And I had the oldest, dirtiest Haunted Mansion outfit I could find, dead boutonniere, crushed hat, shovel over my shoulder, and a tape measure like a tailor would have. Right. And people were in line. I'd find a man smoking. Oh, we'll be seeing you very soon, sir. What do you think? A nice mahogany or a pine and so on. Well, it was so effective at turning, as what I told Eisner would happen, will turn the lines into audiences yeah. and you make it part your of the experience. Yeah. Right. They had to bring out no less than three ride operators to remind guests that they're in line. Would you please keep the line moving? Right. So what I had to do was kind of move with the line mm -hmm. through and eventually then uh, move in opposition to the line. Because if I moved with the line, I was only entertaining the same guests. Right. So I'd start at the front door and move back through. Um, and then we tried it with a baggage handler at, at uh, um, Star Tours. Hoth, you're going to Hoth this time of year? No, Tatooine is the pleasure spot of the early summer. So those kind of things. And I had designed 33 different actors to be throughout the park, but yeah. the guys that run the parks didn't want to spend what I determined would be 10 cents per guest per annum. And at that time, just under 13 million guests, so a million three a year, yeah. so that your experience was never one of we stood in several long lines. Right. Hmm. It seems but, like a pretty, pretty good deal. But in terms of Tower of Terror, my favorite thing, besides that it's a great ride, is that it's based on nothing except the experience that was behind how it came to be. And that simply was opening day. We knew that the, the park would be too small. So we were designing the expansion, Hollywood Boulevard, our Sunset Boulevard before the park opened. And we knew that there's always got to be the anchor store, the weenie, we called it at Imagineering. What would that be? And so I was tasked by Marty Scalar with coming up with that. And before we ever had our first meeting, Eisner called and said, have McNair get his team together. I've got somebody they should work with. So we're sitting in Marty's very small Right, Marty's conference room, and Michael Eisner, six foot three, walks in with his friend Mel Brooks, not anywhere near six three. <laughs> and we all agreed later that every day the rest of our lives would be the worst day of our lives <laughs> yeah. because we just spent a day in a room with, with Michael Eisner, Marty Scalar, Mel Brooks, and you know the knuckleheads I called them, the, the Kirk brothers who went on to realize Disney Seas, which I worked on when I was going to be in Long Beach, and uh, you know we're Mel, Mel said, "What are we doing? What are we doing?" I said, "We're, we're building a Mel Brooks movie." We're going to build it with brick and mortar and steel and special effects and all the effect. It turns out Mel's a huge Disney fan and it'll never close or even if it sucks and it won't suck because yeah. we'll spend three years designing it. Right. And so he was with us two or three days a week for like six weeks of the couple of months. And, and, and we first re watched all of his movies and we said, first of all, Mel, it's not going to be as much as we'd love to do, um, the, the, the flatulent cowboys right. of the old West. It can't, it, be, an, it can't be an R rated. He attraction. said, can you do the smell? I said, each of us can. And the special effects guys can. Yeah. So it's possible. 
But I said, what we do, what Disney MGM Studios is from the beginning is it's the how-to, it's the behind the scenes. So at the end of Great Movie Ride, when you're in Munchkin Village, if you don't look up, you're in Munchkin Village. If you look up, you realize you're on a soundstage. Right. And that was always the, the conceit of that, that entire park. And so we finally said, after watching all the movies, including Spaceballs, which we voted the worst movie ever made. Ah, um, I yeah, yeah. highly disagree. <laughs> well, come on. If the list includes, uh, does your list include... <laughs> Who's yeah. we? Yeah, the guys in the room. Oh, I love baseballs. The knuckleheads. The reason friend of mine was friend of mine in that movie said it was the worst experience you ever had on stage. Anyway. Well, I'm not. It may be the worst movie to work on, but come on now, it's not the anyway. worst movie. <laughs> I'm, no, okay, speed. go ahead, go ahead. On the so Brooks we said scale, Mel, it's probably like number eight. What we want to what we want to do is use Young Frankenstein as our muse. We want to do a yeah. scary, funny ride. Yeah. He said, "You do scary, I'll do funny." Second day after that, he said, you guys can do funny. You're pretty funny. You're pretty funny. And so. That gives, um, that gives you a confidence boost. We're doing. And Mel Brooks tells you, you guys are pretty funny. We're you're pretty yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. You think? Yeah. It's like, can I have that in writing? Right. So we're throwing everything you can imagine against the wall. Well, meanwhile, I was also on a team of people that was designing a high-end art deco period hotel for the front of Disney MGM Studios, which would be, imagine where Tower of Terror is now from there back including getting rid of, because it wouldn't be there, um, Fantasmic, don't get me started on that. Um, And uh, and it would be all suites because we knew that there was a level of guest who when they check into the best room at Grand Floridian, if you had a nice room, they'd take it. Not to show off, not to, that's just their lifestyle. So we said, let's build that hotel, all suites, 24-hour valet, yada, yada. And so I said, what if this hotel, which we were actually calling the Hollywood Tower Hotel, because there is such a place in Hollywood, what if there was that hotel and one end of it was the original hotel that was now deserted, haunted or something? Mel said, what would that be? And I had brought one of those ring bell for service. But, and we just went around the table one sentence at a time and you'd be talk. you know, Matt one would be talking and we'd ring the bell and Matt two and it'd be in the middle of the sentence. And we got in, got into the basement. Elevator didn't work. Got into the service elevator. The service elevator is cool because it's just a chain so you can see every floor. And, and we said, stuff's going on on each floor. And Mel said, what kind of stuff? Well, stuff, scary stuff. And the next floor, more scary stuff. Oh, more scary stuff. That's better, Mel would say, you know. And, and then it wasn't me, but one of the guys in the group said, and it happened to be all guys in that team, that and you get to the top floor and it shakes and rattles and the elevator door flies open and the elevator comes out of the shaft and goes down the hall. And we all laughed. And Mel grabbed me and said, can we do that? And I said, well, I know a guy. He said, you know a guy? I said, yeah, his name is Jack, head engineer on Space Mountain. He could figure that out. That day, I went to lunch with some felt pens, which I always got anyway, and a stack of napkins, told him the story. So you get to the top floor. Oh, and they said, so the rumors are true, Mel's here. And it wasn't any big surprise to them because, you, I mean, Pee Wee Herman came through to do the, you know, the yeah. narrator for Star, for Star Tours. Tours. You know, they're all, they're all there. Who returns? And, uh, and, um, and I said, and the elevator shakes. Comes out of the shaft and goes down the hall. And Jack, this guy, is about to eat a sandwich. And he goes, and then what happens? Which Walt would always say, that was his way of saying, I like it, keep going. And I says, I, I, if I don't know. If he eating a burger? No, no so whatever. And what happens? And then you what happens? You make a presentation to Walt, and if he likes it, he wouldn't say, that's great, or that's wonderful. He'd say, and then what happens? Okay. And then what happens? Oh, okay. So Jack says, okay. Well, and then what happens? Took a bite. And I said, well, I didn't know I could get him out of the shaft. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? I was like, wait, okay. So like every time he, every time I he would always out. take Walt to eat then. And I, so <laughs> like, I, I said, well, the trouble. elevator's going down the hall and you see stuff. Yeah. He said, how are you going to get him back down? And I said, I didn't know I could get him out of the shaft. But <laughs> yeah. what I'd like to do is a roadrunner. He said, delay drop, perfect. Well, you know, cliff, roadrunner is a bird, goes off the cliff. Fine. Second later. Yeah. Coyote goes after him and he's out. And I dropped the salt shaker, the staff cafeteria. Oh. And he said, how tall is this hotel going? I said, well, it's fancy. It's sweet. I said, I don't, I don't know, maybe six, eight stories. He said, well, that's not scary. And I said, 10 stories. And he hit me. He says, come on, think theme park boy. So we were calling it the Mel Brooks Hollywood Horror Hotel. And Mel would say, say horror slowly or it's no longer a family attraction. Yep, that's true. So the nickname I gave it was Hotel Mel. In fact, if you Google Hotel Mel, probably stuff comes up. And I and and I said uh, uh, thirteen stories. He said that's the right answer. And then somebody at the table said, "Can we do 13? Well, at Disney World, two hundred feet is the limit for a man-made structure. After that, there's this huge pole and a radar and a blinking light and so on. 
So the for, ca- for airplanes and for mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. So the castle I think is 188 feet. Um, so Tower of Terror is 189 feet. Boom, it's right up there. And um, so there's no blinking light or anything. Well, they're building little side note. They're building Everest. And my former friend Joe Rohde is looking at it one day. Says, "How tall is this?" And and the project manager says, "189 feet, like Tower of Terror." Grabs one of the rockwork guys, some cement, some rebar, some wire, goes up and adds six inches to Everest. And if you look at it next time you're there's this little point that doesn't belong with the shape of the mountain. Well, that makes Everest 189.5. Hmm. The tallest, my the friend, the blankety attraction. blank blank Joe Rohde. <laughs> beach, so beach in, about half, half a in my dreams, I'm going to sneak in one night and put a one foot <laughs> weather vane on Tower of Terror. Well, I think what's interesting with Harry you brought up is two of the things that were sort of hypothesized 30 years ago, 25 years ago now, uh, have kind of happened. That is, a hotel in Hollywood Studios is happening. It's yes. Star Wars. Yes. But that's interesting that the land was there, that the concept was there to put a hotel there, and now it is well into production, yes. or into construction. Also, over at Disneyland, the Tower of Terror, like it or not, converted into Guardians of the Galaxy, but it's a very slapsticky, scary attraction. Right. You know, it's not this creepy, you laugh throughout that ride. Yeah. Yes. You like howl laugh, and it's funny, and it's ridiculous, and it's goofy. So it's fun to see sort of that those ideas can work themselves into there even so far later. Because you tell me a Mel Brooks attraction, oh man, I mean, I like the Twilight Zone, don't get me wrong, but that would have been like, well, that would have been great. But now in writing the, the Guardians of the Galaxy Mission Breakout, I can tell you, it is great. Like to have a, an attraction that scares you, but is hysterically funny at the same time worked really well mm. with the drop ride scenario and even the same thing where it opens in different floors and stuff happens. When we presented Malbrook's Hollywood Horror Hotel to Michael Lager said, I love it. I'll take four. <laughs> Marty Sklar says four. He says, well, we need it here in Florida for the yeah. Hollywood Boulevard. And L.A., stick it there. And as soon as Japan hears about it, they said, we'll take it only twice as big and better. Mm-hmm. You know, and then Paris. In fact, when I was in Paris, they just had the hole in the ground. And the sad thing is one of the great moments in Florida is you go down the hall, which you never did in L.A., yeah. Mm. So when they were transferring it to Galaxy, I, I didn't feel a great loss. But that was the one of the Yeah, great, it was missing that interesting. one thing that made makes really the Florida one special. Mm. It's not just a drop ride. Exactly. I didn't know that. I didn't yeah, know the, you didn't or, go down the Yeah, hall. the one in no. California, you just go up and down. And oh, it's wow. like, huh? And, and the one in, but now with Guardians, you go up, stop, open, go up again, drop. I mean, you drop continually. I think it's too much. But what I, they- what, <laughs> I laughed. I've only done it once. It is, it is enough. Well, I, have, to, I have friends who have uh, get motion sickness. I'm oh, borderline. Yeah. Oh, it's definitely it's on that. It's too much. It's you can't on do that. It. Uh, the, the, other, the other side of the whole thing, we wanted to, when we went to uh, Otis Elevator, we said, you've been doing something for 140 years. We want to do the opposite thing. And that is drop an elevator. And they're like, mm, okay, well, we have to put a motor on it to slow it down. At which point I wasn't in that meeting. One of the engineers said, can we turn the dial the other way? In other words, you know, spinal tap, can we take it to 11? So the final drop in all of those attractions it is not gravity. You're going four times the speed of gravity. You're being moved by a motor right. to the ground. Yeah. When they first did it just at gravity, they had a shaft. It got to the ground and blew out the walls. So next time you're on, when you stop, look around you. There's no walls there. There's props and other stuff. Mm. So that so it gives you the feeling that you drop down a shaft, but there's lots of open space for all that forced air to go to at at the at the bottom of the ride. Mm. And oh. then the other thing so was when they realized to make it <laughs> to, to make capacity that they would that need more than one vehicle at a time going through the yeah. attraction. So that's when they came up with the random two or three drops per ride yeah. and, and made it more, more interesting. But I think in terms of what it opened as and what it became and what it is, I, I think the amount of change is probably less than most rides go through. Yeah. It doesn't feel like other than little tech changes, a lot of them were temporary changes mm-hmm. that they, they ended up pulling out. It feels pretty much the same. And, yeah. and that's, like and said, it that's still kind of works. Yeah. It works. Just, oh, and it's still two hour waits, yeah. you know, in the middle of the summer. I, mean, that's what I, I still think, having taken now this backstage tour, and now I and go back and look at it, I still think you could move the queue and it and horseshoe through the lobby and just give it a little extra yeah. 
Just in general, just because you think it just doesn't have the. No, it's like you're going past it. It's it's more museum. It's like yeah. oh, they're the they're those guys in the other room. Yeah. And 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 as a result, I have designed things since even for a big nonprofit in Colorado Springs where I live, where they have this thing and you walk by and I said, could we do this and open it up and this? And, and it's such a different experience. Yeah. And it's, even the, the in-line entertainment has not necessarily, it still doesn't happen as much, but we are seeing now them trying to figure out ways to keep you entertained. So mm -hmm. that's a very easy one to switch. Why not throw that in there? I mean, one of the things that was my son's, like what he really wanted to do, which also proves that I'm raising him somewhat correctly, was he wanted to do Toy Story Midway Mania, but not really for the ride. He just wanted to see the giant Mr. Potato Head, Don Rickles, doing stand-up for a half hour. Carnival Barker, yeah. Fantastic. Yeah, which is 30 minutes of original content that's random. You don't know what you're going to get. And though it's not live, it's controlled live, it works so well to the fact that we had a 40-minute wait, and it blew by. One, because I told you, we got to see... 30 minutes of, of Don Rickles stand-up, even if it's you know, PG-ified. There's no way that's a bad thing. No, it was fantastic. Mm -hmm. And we've now seen that. Universal, they're doing that now. It's Jimmy Fallon's attraction where there's not even a line. You just go into a museum of The Tonight Show, followed by then a show mm -hmm. by their uh, like their quartet, their version of the Dapper Dance. It does like pop songs. And then you, all of a sudden you're in the ride. It doesn't have to be this experience of just waiting. And uh, that's even with Galaxy's Edge. Like we went to there. Like, why not? Why not have people working? But there's a giant engine that you hear people working on. How hard would it have been to have two of your people just in their flight suits or whatever, tinkering around and making that a bit more? There's enough improv actors out there oh, to yeah. make those experiences really unique and really fun. Very first time I met Marty Scalar, head of Imagineering, he, he said, we love SAC Theater. He said, SAC Theater was my theater company that was hired to do 10 shows a day at Italy at Epcot for the three opening months. Yeah. Four days in, they said, do you have more actors? We said, we do 30 Renaissance Festival a year. Yeah. We've got 60. By Thanksgiving of that first year, we had added a troupe to the UK. By 1985, we were doing 45 shows a day at Epcot. We stayed seven years and did 41,000 street theater shows. So Marty, first time I meet him, says, uh, in 84, says, uh, you ever thought about putting live actors in a brick and mortar ride? I said, only since 1966, when my mother slashed my drama teacher and I rode pirates and said it was almost great if they'd had two or three live actors mixed in. And Marty said, tell me about that. I said, so he and I rode through pirates just a little while later. And, um, and I showed him eight places that exist that are blank that you could put a live actor. I mean, Johnny Depp proved it. Yeah, and so there's the villains after hours. Yeah, so there's A, B, C, D, and E, two or three actors that are in two, in three of those spots, next time you go through, it could be the same actors or different actors, different spots. You have a certain number of things you can do. Return your seats and trade tables, normal upright position, make sure your seat blah, blah, blah. After that, whatever. And it would always be different. We tested it in 1985, when, in 1987, we did the 35th anniversary of Imagineering, and I took 33 actors, all of them Imagineering employees, wrote a script, re we um, we recorded every bit of dialogue in there. Made a Disney Imagineering versus Universal. The guy being dunked in the pond, in the in the well had a sign on said Sid Sheinberg, the guy that's head of Universal, Universal. Studios, yeah. who I later went to work with, and he found it to be such a pain in the patoot. We made bumper stickers that say Sid happens, which <laughs> which he loved. Um, he's that kind of guy. Yeah. And 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 we thought we told everybody now when you get there for the party, immediately go on Pirates, then come out. We're having a sit down dinner and so on people wouldn't get off. We ran it for an hour and a half hmm. because it was such a different, now 33 actors versus four or five, you know, four or five, but still we proved that it could have been so much better. And people said, well, how come you never did that? Well, it comes down to the operations guys, but they did the math. If the auctioneer was a live actor, it would take 13 years before, if you figure what it costs to train a new actor, hire him, let him work till he gets tired of it, maybe a year and a half, two hmm. years, well, we're going to start train another guy in costume. Thirteen years before the four hundred and fifty thousand dollar audio animatronic figure is more of a bargain yeah. than the actor. Hmm. We know the actor is going to be a better show, but they won't do it. So yeah. that's why when Disney MGM Studios opened, every single of the five major attractions have live actor elements that if you took them out, you'd have to close the attraction, including the great movie ride.
Mm-hmm. And I was delighted the day they took me out to the Tahunga warehouse and had me run up the stairs that was going to be the you know the Egyptian tower and grab the thing. And so we tested all of yeah. that ahead of time. And, and it guess, made those things special. I mean, and the animatronics are magical. Right. So you do want to have that element. And that's the right word. I yeah. met Tony Baxter was the first one I heard say this, but it was the one, one of the bywords of Imagineering. It doesn't have to be magic. It just has to appear magical. And magical, there's a thousand ways to do that. Yeah. Well, that's very interesting. A There's a story. great YouTube video if you're interested in kind of the architecture and the engineering. It's from the thing. No, uh, uh, no, <laughs> um, it's from the art of engineering, and it's a it's a great animated video called "How Disney's Tower of Terror Works." Right. They did a fantastic job of showing the ride, you know, how from an engineering oh. perspective and the the motor that pulls down. Really great if you want to. And you know the thing, we got it designed and and up and ready, and they didn't build it. Because they said, oh, but it's got to be attached to this hotel. Well, we're not going to do the hotel. So we're not going to do that. Then somebody looked at the plans of Tower of Terror, just the thing, the Mel, Hotel Mel. And they said, this thing is huge. It could be its own deal. And every single one of them, on their own, it looks like it's big enough to have been an actual hotel. Yeah, of course. Just take out all the motors and the shafts. And, you know. yeah. and, and I don't actually know what the process was because I was gone by then. I had moved over to the studio uh, that the tar- that the Twilight Zone thing came in, which is also a, a huge a ruse. There is no Twilight Zone episode ever about a tw- an right. elevator. That's original idea. Watch closely. Right. Did they but, made a movie. Um, but they <laughs> dragged it out and said, "We'll do this," and it, apparently it works. People love it. People still love it. It's an icon mm-hmm. of the park at this point. And my yeah. friend says, "Are they going to turn it into, you know, Guardians of the Galaxy?" I said, "Look, it's one of the three most popular rides at all of Disney World. It ain't going to be anything but what it is." Yeah, I mean, look, I mean, I could say that from from being there just a week ago on a very slow week. Uh, you had the newest attraction, Slinky Dog. You're clocking in 80, 90, 100 minutes. You had Rock and Roller Coaster also clocking in 80 minutes, 70 minutes. And then the Tower of Terror, 100, 120 minutes throughout the day, which was crazy for a day when it was blistering hot. Yes, some of the, the, the queue for uh, the Tower of Terror is under, but not all of it. And same with a lot of those attractions. So yes, clearly there's long life. It's 25 years later, people are still talking about well, it. People are still fighting for it. And I think that's even a, a testament to it, is the fact that there's enough fandom. I mean, yes, we see an outcry for everything. But what I like, the difference between the Tower of Terror and, say, one of my favorite attractions, which is the Enchanted Tiki Room, uh, is people got went out in crazy when they thought the Enchanted Tiki Room was closing. However, you know the last time I went to it and there was anyone there? Like there was ever full, like never. So there, you go and it's like, I understand why you sit there as Disney, though it didn't have happened. They said, that's never going to happen. It's not what's happening here. Uh, it's much like the country bears. You're going to be outraged for it. Well then show up, you know, go do it. Tell somebody. Uh, right. So, cause the Grease didn't know the Tiki Room existed. Uh, sure. And then, because it's I just went. there. I'm a fan. Huge yeah, fan. Huge fan. <laughs> huge fan. He's just like a big it's fan. Cool but then you have there. the Tower of Terror, birds. which you people are, are claiming would, would potentially change at one point a few years ago before it became Guardians of California, uh, still pulling in a two-hour line. So clearly it's just the the visual and the stature of it, just it holds up. And uh, Another proof of the theory yeah. that you're um, postulating yeah. Magic Kingdom, Disneyland, a Disney World. There are two rides that are very, very popular and well known that sit directly across from each other in Fantasyland. One of them is my favorite ride. I found out from Marty. It's Walt's favorite ride, and that's Peter Pan's flight. Yeah. Well, they go back in and spend a million plus dollars on a queue line with special effects for a ride that's sixty years old. Directly across from it is it's a small world. Yep. Now it doesn't have the big fancy you know, Ro- Rolly Crump facade, yeah. which I think makes it at Disneyland. Yeah. But on any given day, the queue for Peter Pan will be an hour plus. Yes. So much so that I don't know at if my that, kids have ever really, they've maybe been on it once. At that very moment, too. 20 feet away, the queue for Small World will be 12 minutes. Right. Yeah. If they have the number 12 available. Yeah. Fast Pass is always available yes. for It's a Small World. Fast Pass, you're wearing it. Go in. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. And I love It's a Small World. Sure. It's one of my favorites. But, and it's, they, but it is just sure. When's the last time you're on? They've added some special yeah. effects to it. Yeah, I was on Aladdin. A week ago. Yeah, they've, they've, that's yeah, the a ride Disney, that has improved. Disneyland has mm-hmm. added a lot of uh, uh, characters and things that are in it. A little behind-the-scenes trivia. We did, for that 35th anniversary party, we had a show on the main stage, uh, a stage we built in front of the, the train station, and the uh, different testimonials. Frank Wells was there, Marty spoke, and our entertainment was 
was uh, Robert Sher Richard Sherman. And so I was this nutty professor character. I said, you know, the Russians have asked that in the Russian negotiations about uh, explosives in the universe, there also be a limit on the number of times that you could play the, word, the songs, it's a small, small world anywhere in the solar system. I bet you didn't know that. Yeah. So Sherman gets up, sits down on the piano, and says, Doc, thank you, doctor, whatever your name is, because I have this terrible name. And he plays just a little bit of a frill opening to Small World. And he says, let me tell you about that song. Walt calls us into the office. Two things always happened. He'd say, play it. We'd sit down and play as his favorite song, which you know is... Feed the Birds. Feed the Birds. And he says, we're doing the World's Fair, and I've got this little ride. It's about the children of the world. And we tried doing all the national anthems of this world, and it's just cacophony. Yeah. So could you write us a little ditty? It's just going to run for five minutes, five months. And everybody laughed. And he said, I promise you, I promise you, if we'd known it was going to run forever, <laughs> we would have written a better song. <laughs> That's pretty good. That's pretty good. I, I saw him once perform it, and it was like a very depressing version. Oh, and he was like, "This is the how, minor key." Yeah, he was like, "This is how it was supposed to be. It was supposed to be very mm. almost somber." And he's like, "They're like, we can't do that because <laughs> it's like the opening line is like, it's a world of horrors and a world of fears.' You're like, what's happening? What? <laughs> There's a world of tears. And you're like, okay. And he's yeah. like, no. Then we did this as this sort of secular anthem. He's like, there really wasn't a it's world, world of plague and a world of strife. <laughs> right, that's kind of what you it is. can't stand your kids and you hate your wife. It, it's a world. Yeah, it, it has that. If you really break it down, my kids sing it all the time and I'm like, this is kind of, this gets dark. Uh, uh, all right. Well, I feel very educated. I don't you know too. about you guys. Do you guys feel good? I do. I feel great. You know, we never talked about this, but is uh, something that my wife and I were down a few months ago and we passed the Cinderella Castle suite. And uh, this is off. Thank you so much for your. Oh, yeah. sure. That was great. But this is something we talked about is the eBay auction that happened recently for one night in the Magic Kingdom to stay in Cinderella no, no. Castle. And do you know what it closed at? No. Oh, I didn't see. You could stay there for one night, which my wife and I said the biggest PR move that would cost them nothing is to say, we're opening it up. It's $30,000 a night. It all goes to charity. Cost them a couple hundred grand. For about a year, because you got to employ like two people for that thing, mm. uh, 24-7, more than that. But you're not that much, but the greatest PR move ever. So what do you think it closed? You know, So it's, we should all guess. And, yeah, guess. And I'll be the guy that usually sits here, and whatever my answer is, we'll be right, right? <laughs> yes, that's true. Yeah. So I'm going to say $25,000. Okay. This was all for charity, all for uh, uh, cancer research, so it's great charity. Uh, I'm going to say 15. I'm going to go a little lower. Okay. I'm going to go on the lower. 75. Well, I don't know. I, I I'll say like. a quarter of a million. Terry hit it exactly. $75,600 Jeez. for one night at the Cinderella. Was, do you know what the family was at a couple? They don't, they don't reveal the winners. Uh, they won't tell you who won it. It was for an ESPN uh, charity auction. And, and that's the worst part of the deal. <laughs> it was, but it was actually for the for a foundation specifically for search for your cure for cancer. So it was oh, great. The, the what the the announcer for ESPN, what the basketball announcer, isn't it? Wasn't for the, wasn't it for his I foundation? I don't know if it was for him for uh, who passed away. Yeah, yeah. Um, I can't think of the top of my head. You know who we're talking about? The cool side of the pillow. No, lost. I don't know. Uh, v, 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 uh, Jimmy V. Uh, Jimmy V. Is it? Uh... Why did, why did they why did they run it on eBay? Like well, I was looking at the <laughs> yeah. I was looking at the fake. listing and I'm like, is that even a real company? How does this company have access to do this? Because it's not like it was like Disney sponsored. Stuart Scott, is that what we're talking about here? Stuart Scott's who passed away. Jimmy V Foundation. Yeah, mm. Jimmy Stuart Foundation. Scott. Uh, yeah, but imagine that. You it, let's say that okay, the demand is going to be less than they'd auction it one time. You could get twenty grand a night for it. Oh, for Booked. sure, for sure. Booked, which is wild. If what you did it all for for charity, God, people, I haven't kept great. track. Do you know what? Like, how often they? There, uh, there are people there most nights, or off not most nights. There are there people a lot. They've this is the first time they've ever put it to public, right? Availability. Where anyone could theoretically get it. Yeah, it's, it's been, only been a contest. It's or been a, a contest, or you're a celebrity, or a, a make a wish type scenario. Yeah, right. Uh, so this is the first time, and I've been in it. Beautiful. I've been in it too. Not, it's not seventy five thousand dollars beautiful. Heck <laughs> I'm no. I'm not sure if it's twenty five hundred dollars beautiful. Uh, it's, it is really cool. It's really cool, but it's, it's, really stuck, it's not the beauty. It was it's, never supposed to be made there. It's, it's the scarcity, it, right? It's the fact that you could say you did it. It is immersive. I, the fact that we could say we even been in it. Well, because yeah, it's more than right, which is crazy. Minutes. Like it's, it's immersive. More speed. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Elevator up's cool. 
opening up into the room. It's a beautiful room. It's great. The elevator down, not cool. Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a drop ride. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah. It's, it's, they they only, only go to the door. There's no elevator. They throw your luggage but down they the shaft. Yeah, well, they also lock you in there It's the Tinkerbell thing point. you go and that's how you get down. Yeah, they leave so your snacks overnight at least? I think there is a person who could go get you stuff. Who works overnight? But I remember they said it after like fireworks, after close, they'll take you. You can like walk around the park with a guide for like an hour in a bathrobe. Have you ever been in any of the park? <laughs> like that's a, that's power a big move. park. That's a power move. Why is the guide wearing a bathrobe? <laughs> no wonder went for seventy five grand. There's somebody out there like. All I want to be able to do right. is walk around Disney in my bathroom. That's why. But Don't you want to be able to talk to your friends that the rest of your life? Yeah, I got to walk around. Yeah. Walk. I mean, do you get a photographer? I mean, like, I think you do. I think you get, yes, they do this whole photo thing. That would be the one time back, Logan would what not want to What mug would you photos. choose to bring? Your what favorite mug? The best dad ever mug? Yeah. What no, if it's raining that day? I would bring my favorite mug. Mine would say. He's a Bullwinkle mug. That's a good mug. I mean, I'm just saying, like. You like, should say like, like a boss. There's so many. I'm, I'm, the, I'm the reason <laughs> Disney released a six episode, a six video series of Rocky and Bullwinkle. But you have to understand, these are going to be. Like, I'm the reason I'm Disney re-released the biggest photos King, of your so life. I can see all the movies. So, so here's what you see now with the Instagram, like the top nine at the end of the year. Hey, on three, we all talk at once. I know. That's what I was Welcome to WDW today. It's going to be your biggest photo that you've ever that you will ever have in your life is you in a bathrobe, of course, holding a mug. If if anyone has the right to walk around Walt Disney World in a bathrobe, it's the man behind the glass. He kind of did. Yeah. He kind of did. If you not in the bathroom and a mug, I don't think he did that. But he has the rare one of the rarest meet and greet photos, which is with Sweetums, which you can't really get. Doing what? He was a uh, Disney ambassador, wasn't oh. it? A, the mm-hmm. social media ambassador. Rob, we're, we're speaking about. We're Rob. talking about Rob. Rob, Rob. Oh. he's over there. You know him. You love him. You've heard him here once or twice. No, you know. My first he, job at Disney, I was a semi-professional puppeteer, and we'd moved to San Jose. And in the LA County Guild of Puppetry newsletter, there's an announcement from Jim Gamble, professional puppeteer and airline pilot. And he had the, the Christmas parade was uh, just classic Disney characters. And the year before, they had added Stromboli's Gypsy Wagon, and he, and he built two can-can dancers, one on either side of the yep. street. And this year, they wanted to add Geppetto with Pinocchio. All they had had is, you know, Gideon the Cat, Foul Fellow, and Pinocchio. And so he built this puppet, 38 inches, 17 strings. Average marionette has about seven. And Disney proceeded to build a costume for a yet-to-be-identified puppeteer for Christmas, the busiest time for all puppetry folks. You make half your top-notch annual income, right? It's like Santa. So I, we called him and said, hey, I'm that size. They flew me down on a school night, put the costume on me, and they said, it fits. You're hired. <laughs> I said, could I see the puppet? <laughs> well, because it was a rubber head and he had a protruding, you know, mustache i couldn't see the puppet without doing this and the face just went to heck so i had them cut out the bottom of the mustache and put in netting and then they wanted me to put gloves on well i couldn't feel the strings so i found a picture of geppetto with his fingertips cut out but they made me wear makeup on my fingertips so you know wouldn't scare the kids i guess well i wore makeup for like two dress rehearsals but the cool thing was once a week for a month i flew after school from san jose to John Wayne, which used to be a bus depot. Yeah. Rehearsed for an hour on Main Street with nobody in the park and then did the parade. And they didn't know what to pay me, so my friend negotiated that I was paid the same as union union musicians an eight-hour day for two 20-minute parades. Not bad. I was living in Hong Kong. You were in high school, weren't you? I was, I was a sophomore, junior, senior in high school. 16, 17, 18, yeah. That's pretty crazy. It was. But, and, but that... All of that because of being in the park at night when everything's on, lights are on, music is on, yeah. everything's moist because they've just hosed down the whole place. Yeah, very strange, but it is, yeah. and and you and and I did finally was able to verify the rumors. There are cats. <laughs> oh yeah, there are definitely cats yeah. in Disneyland. The cats they let in the them castle. Loose. Yeah. yeah, they're loose. Yeah, there's feral cats. Ro- it's, rodent control. I don't know if you've heard of a book. There's a book called The Cats of the Castle, which is a fiction novel. Yeah, yeah. But I, didn't, I didn't Scott. know. Do they want to know Bartholomew Scott? I didn't it, know if they let them. They're there to control other creatures, other things that shouldn't be. Because I haven't seen Thanks. them during the, the day. Hotel. They're out during the day. I've seen them at. Uh, well, see at the hotel. I've seen people. ducks. Disneyland Hotel. You'll see a lot of the hiding there. You'll just yep. look I've seen oh, them at. Uh, Right across from the entrance to uh, what's the what's the forest area called by Soren? 
Oh gosh, what do they call that? The Grizzly Forest Flats. Area. Grizzly Flats. Oh yeah. Yeah. Thank you. I'll be here all day. The, the Grizzly just, Flats area. And I've seen them behind get that beer at Walgreens. Behind the tree at uh, where the where the where like, the like a whole herd lives. of them. Is like that what you call them? them? Like a herd, a herd of cats. I think it's a herd of cats. Flock of cats. Flock of cats. Before we move on from the flock of cats, it's a musical of cats. <laughs> I think we do need to talk about our friends at Travelmation for yes. a minute, for because this has been a very intense show, and I'm sure you're listening. And you're like, I got to plan my trip to Hollywood Studios. Forget the Galaxy's Edge. Yeah, going back to the tower. We'll see how that affects. I'm curious how it affects lines. lines Tell them McNair sent you, and they'll let you go to the side of the line. Oh, that's true. That's a that's a fun <laughs> fact. That's a tip. It's a pro tip. You tell the cast member McNair sent you. Who? Did yeah. you see someone punched a, a cast member? Oh, yeah, at the Tower Tower line this weekend. What for? Because they didn't have a fast pass. They got real angry. Uh, oh. You guys can find out that news. Just look at it. It's pretty intense. Uh, but we'll talk about our friends here. You won't get punched, most likely. If you book through Travelmation, because you're going to get a fast pass. Travelmation.net slash WDW today. You go to that website. You click on the button. It's it's our referral page. They know you came through us. But regardless, make sure to tell them that you heard about us, heard about them here on WDW today. But they are a uh, really great, and I've already seen so many of you guys reach out and have excellent experiences with them. A travel agency. And uh, Terry, tell us a little bit more. Yeah, they're a great company. In fact, this yeah. week we have McNair. Next week we'll have uh, Adam from Travelmation will be with I'll us. I'll tell so. you why. If you haven't used a travel agency, why you maybe should. Yeah, it gives you a great experience. Uh, you know, I mentioned last week that you know they, they offered these sales and then all their travel agents got on the phone to make sure you were getting the best deal. And so, you know, planning a Disney trip takes a lot of work and a lot of time and mm. navigating to know all of the places to stay. And they're an authorized Disney vacation yep. planner. Never any fees. They're great. Travelmation, again, that's at travelmation.net slash WDW today. Tell them we sent you. Yeah, absolutely. And next week, we're going to go into that a lot more in detail because you're like you said, they're going to be here in the studio no. and uh, chatting it up. So that's going to be a lot of fun. Um, check them out. Obviously, check out the Airbnb. It's available, but it's booking up fast for the holidays. So if you're looking, Christmas is gone, but other days are still available at the Airbnb. We're still I running our promotion. You told me that, hey, I booked your friend Logan's place. So yeah, there you go. Always happens. I'm here from listeners every week. And if you want a great place to stay in the Orlando area, uh, go to Airbnb.com. We just updated with brand new, beautiful photos. I've stayed there. You've stayed there. You could sleep in a bed that McNair has slept in. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't know if I should have said that out loud. Now yeah, that I'm saying it, I don't know. I think I'm, I'm not creeped. telling you which room. Um, <laughs> Kind of creep, I kind of oh, creep when you get there. <laughs> <laughs> um, Airbnb. I've stayed there. I've stayed there. Sleep in beds that four out of the out of, out of this here. Yeah. I slept in. Choose your own adventure. Yeah. Your yeah. Own wow. Adventure. We should have little plaques. The McNair suite. The yeah, Terry suite. I picked the room the closest green. to the refrigerator. Yeah. I said greens and I, I slept. That was my room. It only, oh, downstairs. By the, by the way, no, I think Logan. I already told oh. your wife this, but you need some place that says. This is the street address when you call for pizza. It only took me a half hour to figure <laughs> out. There's a big giant plaque out the front of the house. But also that's true. That's uh, just numbers. You need the name of the street. You need the zip code. You need the... Yeah, that's true. Well, just, it's just in the, the book. It's in the book. Just we something it. in we the kitchen okay. that says, if you're ordering pizza, call this number and give them this address. See, that's because you went through Terry... Mm. Who hooked? Who you know, hooked it all up? He wasn't usually, there. you're given the address no, to the house. Great, that you and McNair, at. McNair's never tried. Like you, you lost your phone that weekend, so you couldn't have like Grubhubbed or any of that stuff. So, <laughs> oh yeah, they do get Uber Eats there. <laughs> Uber Eats. Oh, but, McNair, you created rides at Disney, but he can't order pizza to the Airbnb. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Hey, but here's what we got. We got a couple weeks open left in uh, September. I'll take my life next to yours any day. We, <laughs> we get a, oh. oh, hey, it's the that's negative. A, that's, seat. I, I love think that's actually yeah. the slow. The can I trade chairs with you? <laughs> Leave this place with memories. The next life is arrived. Can we talk uh, about Soren now? Yeah, there's some openings in October. Uh, there's definitely some opening in November. December starting to go. So hurry, book up Airbnb.com and make sure. Don't just click book and book. Click the contact or book. You can go through it. Make sure you talk to me because I get you a special deal if you're a listener of this show. So I look forward to talking to you. And with that, anything else, guys? Anything else? Right, well, plugs, plugs. You got something to plug now, right? I got, I have. I'm I got super something excited. to plug. Something to plug right now. Uh, my buddy hates that podcast. We'll be returning. Um, all new, refreshed, refreshed, refurbished, refurbished, and it's going to be a Tower of Terror all its own. So be looking for that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and if you're looking for a Tower of Terror, every day, it's the podcast every day. <laughs> okay, uh, <laughs> it's where we'll just. Censors me and makes fun of me for about an hour. Yep. 
Anyway, we have a ton of we have a, a lot of WDW listeners. Yeah, it's a lot of crossover. A lot yeah. of crossover. People who who like bourbon. Yeah. Really, so there's on, a lot of li- really there's a lot of listeners on this podcast that like a lot of things. You guys have a bourbon podcast? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, good. it's about whiskey because rye. I'll pour bourbon. myself some red zin and listen in. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it's um, you get there by going to the podcast.com and the but you can also do the. How can we get directly to your Facebook page? A lot of links. Uh, you can go to bourbonfit.com. You can go to thegrease.com. Spell grease. G R E E Z E dot com. Which is often debated. There's another one. <laughs> There's another so one. So many domains. <laughs> All right, Terry. You and McNair both have the thing coming up. Yeah. The thing, LA. Some of those tickets for sale might be a good idea. Oh, they're not for sale. They will be for <laughs> sale. Privately sir. for sale, but uh, to, oh, to just, so reach out just to the like just the Airbnb. The, reach out, reach out. Yeah, and then we'll open you up get, the public because I want to make sure the people that want to come are first. Yeah, you know, and then uh, obviously you know you can always find out about me, me on uh, Terry Weaver the episode terryweaver.com. The episode of uh, my Making Elephants Fly podcast with Jonathan Lee Iverson is getting lots of uh, and that is the ringmaster, the ringmaster from Ringling Brothers. Guy. We had a. We're here and seeing lots of people repost the episode. So, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Yeah, he was he was fantastic. Children of all ages. Yeah, you should so. do the new intro. He should. He should. Yeah, it'd be fun. Uh, I'd love love to have you join McNair and I at the, at the thing live. Would be a lot of fun. And that's in November in November. LA, in May in Orlando. Orlando. Yeah. So take a look. McNair, McNair. Tell, us, tell us where we can get to... tea, like the drink. T e a t with McNair. You'll find a link to my TED Talk, Recapturing Your Creative Spirit, which was the presentation I made when I was teaching brainstorming to Disney executives who said they weren't creative. And I proved to them that they are with the four habits of creative people. And it's it's the basis of the new book that I'm writing, sequel to my previous book, Hatch. Brainstorming Seekers with Theme Park Designer, but more than you need to know about any one person at Tea with McNair. All right, new book coming. All right, with that, we'll close out. Thank you so much for joining us. Happy 25th anniversary. Happy birthday, McNair, to your uh, to one of your babies. Thank you. Nice yeah. nice dropping in. Yes, it's always a pleasure. <laughs> Until next time, I'm Logan Seculo. He's McNair Wilson. He's McNair Wilson. C. McNair Wilson. C. McNair Wilson. Wilson. Sorry, I always get that wrong. The C stands for cesarean on my mother's side. <laughs> All right, I'm Terry Weaver. <laughs> I'm not lying. <laughs> I'm great. <laughs> we'll see you on the next show.